Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the cutting room floor. I'm Justin. I'm here with Madison. Hello. That was a very high pitched. <laughs> happy yeah, hello. I wanted to, to, to communicate joy. There you, uh, a mission accomplished. Uh, if you don't know Madison, Madison is the youth pastor here at His Hands, and and he and I actually brainstorm the messages together on Mondays. Um, Madison teaches the junior high the same things that we are are talking about in the big room, obviously with a different spin. The junior high version. The junior high version of it. But it's actually been really cool because one of the things I think that that I've gained from us doing that together, number one, I really like spending time with you and and you're developing in such a cool way. Number two, uh, if I can't if I can't boil something down to the point that a junior high student can understand it, it's probably we probably haven't thought through it enough. We probably need to spend more time. Yep. And so it's good to have that as, as a baseline. Um, but we do this. This is called the cutting room floor. And what this specifically is is like a it's it's like a podcast within the podcast, so to speak, of stuff that didn't make it into the message. Because sometimes, in order to hit the right time on a Sunday morning. Um, and believe it or not, we actually do that fairly consistently. Yeah. I mean, and no, it's like 80%. Uh, no, look at my... Look. I believe you. Okay. I don't actually... It doesn't bother me. I didn't say 100. It's I like, like hanging out with junior high students. I think it's harder for the babies when they have to like be well, held an extra 20 minutes because no, you're just rambling. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're just on. talking hold about whatever. On. Hold what, on. what is it? Liam plays basketball hold or something? on. <laughs> I am not offended, but I'm close. Because you just said... See, this is the thing. When people say church went long... <laughs> that everyone acts like five minutes is 20 minutes. Right. Because it's not. I cannot. When is the last time I went 20 minutes long? Probably three years ago. But thank you. Yeah. I think I've had <laughs> one message ever that clocked it like an hour. Yeah. And so if you look at the messages from the last few weeks, consistently, it's like 40 minutes, 42 minutes, mm-hmm. 41 minutes, 38 minutes. So like this whole 20, I'm not giving 62 yeah. minute long. But. That comes at a sacrifice because we have to cut some some major things that would otherwise um, be really important and be really cool to talk about um, that didn't make it. So for this week, we we were going through the Sermon on the Mount. No, I'm I'm too offended to even finish this. You don't I'm even so want to continue? No, I'm no oh, teasing. Okay. Oh, Sermon on yeah. the Mount. Yeah. So a great way to put that is yes, we we could easily talk for an hour and a half about each of these because there's so much there. This whole message could have been like six. Months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we don't have a cutting room floor for every every message. Because not every message, a lot gets cut. This one, though, we could have we could have spent a month mm-hmm. just on this one. And we actually intentionally decided to go through the entirety of, of really, of Matthew 5. Um, we did the Beatitudes, the first part, last week. And then we just said, let's just go through the whole rest of it. And that was intentional because, number one, and this I didn't actually mention this in the message, but um, so this is part of the cutting room floor, yeah. is that most of Jesus' teachings are, we get, like, in small chunks, and then there's, like, stuff that happens. And then we get a little teaching and then something happens. And if, if you read the Gospels, that, that's kind of the normal flow, except for the Sermon on the Mount. This, this three-chapter section of Matthew, it's the, it's the longest uninterrupted yep. chunk of Jesus talking. And so I, I think that it's actually important as we go through this not, not to like... Break it up and because it's, hyper fixate on, yeah, on two words. Because or, it's such, a, it's such a, a, a unique thing just to be able to listen to Jesus in his own words for a long stretch. Mm-hmm. And so I really was like, no, no, let's let's let Jesus just talk, and and let's not let's not take each of these and break them apart because I don't think Jesus necessarily broke these apart. Like these are they're connected. Um, yeah, but there you have some splaining to oh, do. There is some splaining. There is some splaining to do. Well, because there's a lot of stuff here that Jesus is talking about that his original hearers would have kind of quickly understood. They instantly get, and we don't. We don't get. Which is uh, where which brings us to the first point uh, that was cut off the the message about the law. 
yeah, wanted yeah. to talk a little bit about the law. Okay, so Matthew 5.17, we, we talked about this. Jesus, I'll just go ahead and read it. Uh, my, this is 5.17 all the way through verse 20. Um, he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest... Uh, sorry, I'm reading this like half sideways, so I have to change. Smallest letter. Not the smallest letter. I have to change, like shift it. Not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So there's a lot there about law. Yep. Fun fact. Fun fact. Smallest stroke of the pen. Some translations say iota or, or okay. not a dot. Okay. Um, you know how you like dot your eyes? Mm-hmm. That like has a name. I don't know what the English name is for that. But the iota is like the, the Greek or Aramaic or whatever it ends up being term for like their version of the dot. That's what an iota eye. is? Yeah. It's so the dot of an eye? He's like That's basically cool. saying like not even the dot on an eye, like that little hmm. pinpoint thing hmm. will be will pass away. So yeah, that's my cutting room floor <laughs> explanation. Well, but. no, you know a lot about this stuff too. Yeah. It, I think that where a lot of people will, will get hung up on this is like, well, I could flip over to Galatians and Paul talks a lot about how we're no longer under the law. Yeah. You know so what, what, I mean? what is the law? Law of the prophets? Okay, so did law that the, make it in the message? I listened to the no, message. No, it didn't. Should, it didn't. No, like, so, all right, let's just break this down. Number one, uh, and by the way, if you're still listening, that just means you were really interested in Bible stuff, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. And we are not necessarily like authorities on... Justin's not. I am. Oh, never mind. Madison yeah. is. <laughs> but this is something we spend a lot of time talking about. I mean, Madison, you and I have a unique relationship in that I would guess um, about, about 80% of what we talk about is just like Bible stuff. Bible stuff. That's yeah. like our, our connection point. That and sports ball. You're, yep. a big, you're a big sports ball I fan. I love sports ball. Make um, a home run on the Grand Slam in a hockey game. I don't know. Home runs and Grand Slams are... Uh, Grand Slam is just a type of home run. Grand Slams can happen in hockey, right? No, there's tennis has Grand Slams, but those ah, are just types of tournaments. That's the tournament. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what's the law? All right, the law. Law um, and the prophets. So when you, when you read the, the phrase law and the prophets, or law or the prophets, that basically for us, for all intents and purposes, that's the Old Testament. Um, you've got the law, which would be the Torah... Um, first five books. First five of books Old of the Old Testament. Testament, and then you've got, uh, then you've got like the writings of the prophets, um, which were mostly like political conversations and commentary with some zoom out moments right. of like, hey, this is what the future holds. But for the most part, yeah. it's like this this old school thing that they end up studying to to understand their place in the world compared right. to other other nations. Yeah, yeah. These are the these are these are what they would have been reading in their synagogues. And these are what you see Jesus quote all the time. Like, Jesus quotes a lot of scripture, a lot of Old Testament when he, when he talks. He'll, he does it even here. Um, in fact, this is kind of a fun thing, uh, like a, a silly thing. I, one of the things I do is I actually copy and paste all of the scripture mm-hmm. that we're going to cover on a Sunday from Bible Gateway, which is a website. BibleGateway.com has every translation you can So I'll take it. I'll copy it off Bible Gateway. I'll paste it into our mobile app. Because I, I just that's where all the we yeah, put yeah. all of our scriptures in the mobile app, so anyone listening along can can reference those. Mm-hmm. Well, when you copy from Bible Gateway, what you're also copying are all the little hyperlinks. Yeah, like the little like the little D's and yeah. A, like there's little letters. And then you're, if you're reading in your Bible, you'll see these. You'll see like a little letter A, and then down below it's a little yeah. you know reference point to oh that's Exodus 20 verse 13. Yeah. Well, um, 
normally I have to like de I delete those from the mobile app because it won't hyperlink to anything. Right. It's just a letter that's right. there that means nothing. So I take those out. Um, normally I have to do that a little bit, but this, this one I'm like, oh my gosh, we're on like yeah. I was like on H, and I was like, <laughs> no, I went past that. It was like past O, and I'm yeah, like having yeah. to find all these little little letters. So Jesus quotes a lot of scripture here. So law and the prophets, for all intents and purposes, just Old Testament specifically first five books as well as the writings of the prophets um and i think you uh also were talking about like the way that was fulfilled or the the mechanism by which it's fulfilled you kind of cut that out of the the message yeah. too, or like discuss that discussion so the the law when when usually you hear the word law talked about you're talking about typically the law of moses um which was a, a covenant that god made like understanding who how god interacts with humanity it's all about understanding covenants god makes covenants promises yeah, promises, and they're relational promises. So marriage is a covenant relationship because it's a it's a partnering together, but there are terms. Um, and so, you know, when I married Megan, we made vows. When you married Hannah, you guys made vows, mm -hmm. and you have you now exist in a covenant relationship. Yeah. Uh, God has given many types of covenant relationships with people over over history. We we currently exist in what is theologically known as the new covenant which is the covenant of Jesus, and that's a covenant of grace. And really that covenant still has conditions. If you believe in Jesus and if you place your faith in him, you will live in a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit will join with your spirit mm -hmm. to affirm that you're God's child. There's, like, there's some perks to that yeah. by like inheriting the spirit and giving the, getting like powers that we otherwise wouldn't have, but there are also some commitments that, there's commitments. that, that follow through 100%. Um, every healthy relationship has boundaries, and mm -hmm. covenants are no different. So uh, you've got covenants in the Old Testament. You have the covenant. Uh, well, he makes a covenant with Noah, you know, and he says, I will no, I'll never again. That one actually didn't have any earth. conditions. No. It was no. just like, hey, I'm not going to do that. No, he's not going to do that. <laughs> no more reboots. When you see that rainbow, <laughs> Don't worry. I, I will not. I, that's reminding me that I won't kill you. But that is a covenant because it's a promise. Yeah. That it, but it's a promise that's, that's out of a relationship. Yep. Uh, there's the, Abram, the Abrahamic covenant. How do you say that? Abrahamic? Abrahamic. That's why I, yeah. I think that's what I said. Yeah. Um, so that covenant was really just based on circumcision. Mm. That was like the only requirement of Abraham, which is a pretty intense requirement. Yeah. Sorry, Abraham. When you're a middle-aged, <laughs> well, older man, actually. Yeah. Um, but, hey, if, if, you, if you do this, if you set yourselves apart and so that everyone can see that you're different, I will give you a son. Mm. I, will, I will bless you. You'll be the father of many nations. And then we have the covenant at Mount Sinai with Moses and the people of Israel after they leave this is an exodus after they, they've, they've escaped Egypt. And that's what's often called the Old Covenant. Yeah. So there's more than two covenants in the Bible. All that was just to say there's more. Than, but normally when we're talking covenant, we're talking the Old Covenant, Moses, the New Covenant, Jesus. The Old Covenant is also often called the Law because there's all these laws that are given. And it starts with the Ten Commandments, and then it just builds off of that. But the weird thing is... In the New Testament, it can almost seem a little bit schizophrenic because sometimes you have Jesus here talking like about the law in a positive light. Yeah. Paul does that sometimes too. But then other times, it's like the law has fulfilled its purpose completely and it's done and now you don't right. have to do any, any of it. Yeah. So what gives? And so I like to think of it, and I think it's important to understand why those covenants exist. Yeah. I, I think of it like God is completely perfect and I am completely not perfect. And so for me and God to be together, he gave a way for us to be together in the original covenant, the old covenant, which was try to be perfect. Like you have to live up to these rules. And when I couldn't, 
I could sacrifice an animal that would take him the, the death for me, yep. so to speak, so that I could be with God and so that the priests could be in the Holy of Holies. But now that that, that aspect of it, that being with God based on performance and or killing an animal, that has been fulfilled. Yeah. And yeah, that's, so, what, so that's why it's changed completely. Yeah, so let's, let's break this down because this is actually really important to understand. And I think this is where like, if you want to develop a, a deeper understanding of what your faith is actually about... These are things that you got. You just kind of need to know. So the way the old covenant worked, the covenant of Moses, the law, was all about reminding the people of Israel of their, their, their disconnect with God. Mm-hmm. Like God is holy. You are not holy. Therefore, do not try to approach God in an unholy state. If you do, it will not go well for you. And I think it, it, we, sometimes we can look at this stuff and they see it just purely in this like religious superstitious kind of light. But we actually have real-world examples of that. I, I always love the idea of like radioactive material. Mm. So um, there, there are materials on the, on the earth that are radioactive. They are giving off an invisible energy that will literally destroy <laughs> my body if I'm around it. Yeah. Unless I happen to be wearing like a, a special suit yeah. that protects me. In a special it. car. Right. In a special but, but, but literally, like even your, own, even your phones, like they, they, your phones give off radiation. And they test phones to make sure they're not giving off too much radiation because it'll like it'll harm you. And so, um, God, like think about God. He's holy. He is so good. It's like His goodness, almost like 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 light or heat. You know, it's just His goodness will kill you. It's you're, you can't be around it. It's yeah. too intense. It's too much. And we we the old law what it established, and this is kind of like the big twist in the story, mm-hmm. is that we thought the old law was was our means to relationship. right relationship with God. Yeah. But what, what we actually find out through Jesus and through the New Testament is, no, no, no. Actually, the purpose of the old law was to kind of get you to come to the end of yourself. Mm-hmm. was just to, to get you to realize that you can't do this. Mm-hmm. You're going to need help. Mm-hmm. Jesus actually ends up lifting us to a place that we can never earn by following the law. But it's almost like a few thousand years of people, not a few thousand, but like a thousand years of people having to try to do it on their own had to happen before people would finally raise up the white flag and go, help. Yeah. You know, we're stubborn. So... The way the old law worked is you had all these laws, and if you broke a law, well, then you were now, like, quote-unquote... Unclean. Unclean. Um, impure. Impure. And so you have to offer an, an animal sacrifice to essentially make to, atonement, Yeah, to get word. punished for the way that you are unclean or impure, to, to, to make up for that. Then that's atonement. I'm trying yeah. to, like... We were, we were I'm trying to junior high-ify it no, no, right now. Madison and I were laughing at this really, like... I, actually, a fairly obscure movie by this point, but it's called National Treasure, <laughs> and it's got Nicolas Cage. Yes. And, uh, and, like, he steals the Declaration of Independence. Yep. And he's doing it all for, like, good reasons. And it's, like... It's, it's, it's actually a fairly fun movie, I think. I just don't... It's been a long I time. I love it. I watch it, like, once a year. Okay. So there's this scene at the end of National Treasure where... The, there's this police officer character, like Harvey FB, Keitel. Harvey Keitel. He's the actor. He's this like he's the special agent that's after him. Yep. Well, he ends up like finding out, like yeah, all these things that have happened, like you actually saved the world, so to speak. You <laughs> right. know, like well, well done, or, or not save the world, but yeah, like, like, you did a good thing. Yeah. But he's like, someone's got to go to jail. Yeah. He's like, someone's someone's got to go to jail. <laughs> Someone has to go to jail. Like, you, there's no such thing as free lunch. Yeah. Someone's got to go to jail, and. Like that's kind of how atonement is. It's like something has to pay the price. There, there, there's there, sin. Something, something has to pay. And so the way it worked in the Old Testament is you would make an animal sacrifice, and that animal sacrifice would be an atonement. Mm-hmm. Uh, scripture says the wages of sin is death. Yep. That that sin can only be forgiven through the shedding of blood. Now 
we know that all of that was an amazing foreshadowing of the fact that the wages of sin is death. Jesus paid those wages yeah. by dying on the cross. The and blood that was shed that covered our sin was his blood. He's yeah. the final sacrifice. So Jesus is that ultimate, ultimate animal sacrifice, but right. he completes it and fulfills it he fulfills, because he right. was also perfectly obedient to the law. And right. so it's like he understood the heart of the law, the spirit of the law. He followed those rules with God and st- God's intentions in mind. Right. And then also for us, because we couldn't do that, died in our place. And that's where it's like Jesus died for your sins. It's like the simple way that you don't often think about investing all of this time in understanding the sacrificial system. But Jesus died for your sins is this atonement that has stretched back for thousands of years. Yeah, that's one of the, the disconnects in our culture today. If you just say the phrase, Jesus died for your sins, someone might say, well, A, I don't know if I have sin. What is that? But B, like, why do you have to die? Because we don't live in a society now that, like, I mean, we kind of do, actually. It's just we have different sins. Yeah. Like, if the sin is offending a certain group of people, and then you're just, like, ostracized it's for it on, online. Canceled. You're canceled. <laughs> we live in cancel culture, you know? But, but, but that was something that his, this group of people, they lived in this world of, like, sin, yeah, disconnect they, from God, sacrifice. Yeah, they understood that, that there was a price to be paid for the brokenness of humans. It right. wasn't just like, okay, then be good enough to, to outbalance that time you lied. It was like, no, I have to address that time that I lied specifically and with intention. Right. Um, and this is where it gets really interesting because Jesus, he does fulfill the law. He fulfills the requirements of the law by paying the price, by making us clean. And he's not a, a he's not a goat or a dove or so he, he's <laughs> right. he's the son of God, and so it's not like we we no longer need to make a sacrifice every, like his sacrifice was enough to cover all of us for all time. But then but then this was interesting in the rest of this, and we didn't go into this on Sunday because it was just a, it was a lot. But then you have Jesus addressing behavior. <laughs> yeah, it's like almost like you're held accountable to the law. Well, here okay, so here's the thing. So he fulfilled the purpose of of the oh, law, that sort of, yes. and we're gonna get into this. Um, it's accomplished. So we don't have to make animal sacrifices because Jesus did it, right? But then he actually starts quoting some laws, like don't murder. And he doesn't say, don't worry about that one anymore. I fulfilled the law. Go ahead and murder. So murder people. <laughs> no, he's actually like, no, no, no. He takes that, and now he, and we talked about it on Sunday, he just raises the bar. Right. He's like, don't murder. No, no, no. Don't even hate anybody. Don't even like call someone an idiot. And then he goes, don't commit adultery. That's one of the Ten Commandments. That was fun to talk about with uh, junior high kids. Oh, I bet. Yeah. How'd that go? I just basically boiled it down to don't play inter- inappropriate movies in your head that you know you shouldn't be playing, yep. which I stole from Tim Mackey. I still, I also steal things from Tim Mackey. Tim Mackey's a great, yeah. he's, he's a good dude. I like Tim Mackey. Um, I don't know him, so maybe if I met him, I'd be like, dude, Tim Mackey. He's a jerk. He's a real jerk. <laughs> he, he's punched me right in the face. But uh, Slapped my Actually, I gotta be honest, I Tim Mackey, if you've ever seen Tim Mackey, yeah. not someone I'm worried about punching he's in the face. He's a skateboard kid. Se- yeah, but yeah. like also... He's probably wiry. He's like one of those wiry. Yeah. Anyway, um, so here's Jesus. He quotes another, another commandment. He says, this is another one of the ten. The murder is a ten commandment. commandment. It's a Mount Sinai law. Mm-hmm. Well, here's another one. Don't commit adultery. And Jesus doesn't say, hey, you know what, guys? I fulfilled the law, so have yourselves mm-hmm. a party. Like, go, you know, sleep around. Do, he, no, he actually says, no, no, don't even lust. So I think behind that is he perfectly understands the intention behind the law. And so he's saying like that was just a a kind of a bare minimum to hope that you would act better than than others. But this is actually what I meant or what God meant when he delivered the law. Yeah. And so this this gets into an interesting thing, because later on we have Paul in the New Testament 
Um, well, let's even go before that. In Acts, we have Peter who has this vision where there's this sheet in heaven and it's like let down. A big old blanket. And all these animals that are, are animals that happen to be uh, unclean animals to eat in the old law of Moses because part of that law was foods you could eat and not, clothes you could wear and you couldn't. And, and God is telling through this, this vision to Peter, eat, 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 eat all of it. Yeah. And Peter's like, no, I've never, I would never eat that because it's not, it's not yeah. clean. And he's like, nope, I have to clean, yeah. declare it clean. Thus he declared it clean. Yeah. Right, well, what, now I can eat bacon? Yeah. yeah. And emu, and apparently. Emu. I've never, yeah, um, I've never had emu. So maybe either. it's like the best thing I've just never eaten. <laughs> and then you have, you know, Paul talks about circumcision and how that's not required anymore, but that was part of the old law. Right. So, so this is where it gets challenging. How do I break this down? Because I have Jesus here who talks about fulfilling the law, but, but also is, is like raising the bar on some of the laws given, not dismissing them, mm-hmm. but actually saying, no, 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 like even take it higher. And then I have Paul or, or Peter and other places in the New Testament who it almost seems like if I'm reading that, that the law doesn't matter at all, but then it kind of does. Like, what is it? What is it? What's this all about? And the best way I've ever heard it explained is understanding the difference between what is called the moral law and the ceremonial law. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of it is this. The moral law, that's the stuff that, that's really all about two basic principles, loving God and loving people. Mm-hmm. Jesus was asked once, what's the greatest command in all of Scripture? He says, it's love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And a second commandment is equal to that, love your neighbor as yourself. And Which so, are both included in the old law. Th- those and are two quotes from the Old Testament. pulling those out and saying, these are the two, yes. hold on to these. And it makes sense. He says, you can sum up all the law of the prophets uh, all, the, all of that with these two things. And if you look at the Ten Commandments, half of them are like between you and God stuff. Mm-hmm. Half of them are between you and other people, mm-hmm. right? So Jesus says these two, these two, you cannot fulfill the, the, the spirit of the law if you don't love God and love people. That's the moral law. That's just how to, that, that's living as intended as humans. And then you have this other law, the ceremonial law. And the ceremonial law, that's the stuff like, the washing of hands, which was like more of a scribal thing. Scri- yeah. The scribes, if you ever hear the, the, the term scribes in the New Testament, the scribes were experts in the law, and their job was like to interpret the law for the yeah. modern time. And they would oftentimes add laws to laws. You know, right. like, and the, But the ceremonial law did have to deal with that holiness food, problem. Holy, yeah, yeah. F- it, the ceremonial law was stuff like if you, if you touch a dead animal, you must go... Yeah. Uh, have a certain type of washing done so that you may be declared. You're now, if you touch an animal, you're unclean. Mm-hmm. Now you have to do this to be clean again so that you can enter into, like, the, the, the you can live with everybody else yeah. and you can worship at the temple. If you eat the wrong food, you're unclean. It was all this, that was all ceremonial mm-hmm. stuff. It was all, ceremonial law was all about the phrase unclean. Yep. And it was really designed to, to show us that we kind of live in a perpetual state of unclean. And in that world of thinking, the unclean thing has all the power. Uh, ben Sykes, I don't know if he's the first one that ever thought of this. Ben goes to his hands, awesome dude. He talks about it like the idea of the fly in the soup. Mm. That in, in the Old Testament, the unclean thing has all the power. Because it's like if, if, like if you have soup and you're eating some soup and a fly lands in it, you don't think to yourself, ooh, cool, uh, that fly just became part of a really good soup. <laughs> you're like, the soup is ruined. Because yeah. it's one insect touched it landed in it and you're like dump it out yep. i can't eat this there's a fly in my soup get me a new soup. right because the unclean thing infects the clean mm-hmm. thing the clean thing doesn't make the unclean thing clean good well, yeah, that would yeah. actually make more sense like i yeah. bet if you you've probably eaten a fly in soup just didn't realize it yeah and it probably I, tasted fine i one time yeah ate a maggot in a pistachio and that was not good no i that that that's a 
Ooh. That was terrible. Yeah. It was all dried up though, so it wasn't like wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't like a fresh maggot. It was like at the time of harvesting, it like got into the pistachios and so. Oh, I didn't even know that's a thing. That's why I don't eat pistachios. It's possible. Yeah. All you right. Gotta be careful. With gotta food. be careful with those uh, with all foods. <laughs> but the point is, is like it would make sense if the fly actually. If it would make sense that the 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 soup just made a fly taste good. Yeah. But that's not how we think. The unclean thing has all the power. Well, with Jesus, it's different. Because with Jesus, he touches a leper, and in their culture, you're not supposed to do that. You don't do that. Now you're unclean. That was the ceremonial law. But what actually happened when Jesus touched lepers is that they stopped being lepers. Right. So in his situation, the holy thing has all the power. Mm -hmm. Now, when you read Jesus's life, he doesn't actually seem to have much of a of a care or or concern with the ceremonial law. Like they're all freaking out. The Pharisees, the religious people, are like, why don't you wash your hands like you're supposed to? And followers don't wash. You your don't. Hands. You, you guys don't do the stuff that, that that we all do. And you see it with Jesus, where he's like, like he's not unclean. He right. is not like he is Jesus. He is the Son of God. He's he's perfectly holy. Um, we see that because every time he touches something that's unclean, it becomes clean. Like he, there's a woman who who has a bleeding issue, and in their culture, skin diseases, bleeding disease, those were very much viewed as unclean. By the way. Sort of a side note, a lot of that had to just do with like hygiene, and yeah. you're talking about a world where they don't understand germs. It's amazing how many of the old laws, and even the dietary laws, like actually helpful. Were like you could actually eat the, the mosaic diet, and it would be one of the healthiest diets you could eat today. With everything we know about nutrition and health, even the fasting that they did, like it's now like intermittent fasting is a big thing. It's almost like God knew what He was doing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, like like. But you were viewed as unclean. Well, Jesus touches this woman with a bleeding issue, and he doesn't become unclean. Right. She's healed. So the point is this. With a ceremonial law, which is all about clean, unclean, oh, no, you're unclean. Go do this thing to be clean again. Jesus doesn't really validate that stuff, or he doesn't, because he fulfills the purpose of it completely. Right. He was clean, spiritually holy, imparted that holiness to us, and now through Jesus, we are deemed clean. Clean. For good. There's no, like, again, his sacrifice was the ultimate sacrifice. It was not, like, one, one little animal. Like, he's Jesus. So he, he cleansed us completely and totally in the eyes of God from sin. But then it, he turns around and is concerned with the how law. you treat each other and how he, you treat God and absolutely. how you relate he, to Absolutely. He to never, that. ever diminishes the moral law. What he actually does is raise the bar. Yep. So the ceremonial law, that stuff is, like, is done with. And that's what you see Paul talk about a lot about in the, it's like the circumcision stuff yeah. and the meats. It's like that stuff, guys, it doesn't matter. Jesus is, why are we, why are we doing this? Jesus has fixed that. The moral law, Jesus actually raises. Yeah. And it's, it turns from a don't do this to do do this. We, you, we talked about it as being like the law of love. It's right. like this active process. The way you treat each other actively matters. And so um, make an attempt. Did you expect that to be quiet? No, I'm mad that I missed it. I just tried to throw a, a, a protein shake into a metal canister, but I missed it. No, all right. So he, he is very concerned with how you treat each other, how you relate to God. Hey, sorry, that weird audio interruption is what happens whenever you're recording something on a phone and you don't put it on to uh, Do Not Disturb and someone calls you. Nice. And apparently in iOS, uh, it, will, it will automatically stop the recording. So. Yeah. All right, so what we're just talking about is Jesus never... He doesn't seem to have a, like a high priority on the ceremonial law, which makes sense because he's not unclean. He doesn't need it. He fulfills the purpose of it completely, but he never diminishes the moral law. He just like raises it up. Yep. So what is that? What is that like? What 
what do we take from that? That is a, an active process. Um, Jesus really does care about how we treat each other. He really does care about um, how we treat God and relate to him. And so um, it's just do, do unto others as you would have done to you and, and care about love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Yeah, I think it's actually, and we'll wrap up, I think this is a really important thing to understand. Again, kind of nuanced. And you probably see why it got cut from the, the message because it's a very, like, specific conversation rabbit trails but it's keep it simple stupid be nice to each other y'all be well understand i i think it's even more than that there's an idea that's sometimes spoken about when it comes to uh like an understanding of of old testament new testament stuff Mm -hmm. where it's like no no because of jesus we don't have to like like we don't have to do any of that that stuff none of that matters and that's not exactly accurate and you actually see that by the way ezekiel for example chapter 36 verses 26 and 27 um it's a promise that god is making in old testament times about the new covenant right and he says that the day is coming when god will 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 give us a new heart mm-hmm. and put his spirit in us so that we will actually be able to obey his commandments not he actually says that we will be empowered to actually obey God. Yeah. Not yeah. like this whole, I'm making a new covenant and like... And everyone would have gone, that sounds nice. I hope it happens soon. You know what I mean? Right. Like that, that was like, this is not the way it works right now. When that happens, right. it'll be awesome. So the idea with the understanding of, of moral law is that we are called as, as followers of Jesus to love people. I mean, Jesus actually says, John chapter 15, like, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Mm-hmm. I think it's John 15. John 14. John 14. And then 15, is that the vine and the branches? Yep. Yeah, okay. So John 14, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And then when you get to John 15, he, he makes it clear, this is my commandment. Yeah. Love one another. We are called to love God and love people to a greater degree than even was what was expected in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's clear when Jesus raises the bar the way he does. Well, the only way we can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit in us, that God has fulfilled that promise in Ezekiel 36. He's given us his spirit. As followers of Jesus, the spirit of God lives in us and actually empowers us to do what we could never have done before, which is actually live this kind of selfless life. So um, when it comes to law, it's a, little bit, it's a little bit nuanced, but you've got moral law, ceremonial law, ceremonial law. That's been totally fulfilled by Jesus. Moral law, we are still, like, we are, we are, challenged and expected and empowered to fulfill that in every every way we live sweet anything else that didn't make it in that you want I to mean, talk about pretty much that's pretty much it i yeah we could we could like deep dive into all of it really um you know there's a lot in the message itself and so but we won't but we right won't now. yes because i think i think this is good so thank y'all for listening this yeah has been the cutting room floor tune in next time that it shows up in your podcast feed which it'll probably be pretty soon because i think it's going to be next week, isn't well, it? Well, I don't know, but we're going... No we're, promises. We're covering lots of ground in the next few weeks, and so we should probably, you know, be prepared for more. All right. Bye. Bye.